This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500 thousand happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family so to get your own active skin repair go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20 percent off your order when you use the code shameless that's activeskinrepair.com use the code shameless for 20 percent off your order activeskinrepair.com code shameless This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 828. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 828. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday. I'm real excited to be here. If you're listening live time on our first Monday of December, I love December so, so much. So it's our first Monday of December. If you're listening in live time, what we're going to be talking about today is about the transition from one year to a next to the next year. But this is also very relevant if you're going through any sort of transition, no matter what time of year. So if you're transitioning in jobs, if there's a transition in your household, transitioning between roles in different capacities in your life, there's a huge opportunity to reflect on a handful of things and also plan and strategize in certain ways that can really, really set you up for strategic success, but also to feel really intentional and positive and purposeful in how you move forward. So sometimes we're ending things in a really hard way. And this happens all the time at the end of a year where we're like, oh my gosh, this year was a dumpster fire. I don't think that's the most valuable way to look at anything we've gone through, even if that's true. (laughs) So make it a yes and. This year was a dumpster fire and I learned a lot about myself. I learned how to be resilient. I practiced being really courageous. I had to show up in new ways. I had to, you know, all the things we've had to do over the last handful of years since the pandemic and during the pandemic and in this post-pandemic land are really, really important. And so 
when we can sit in a moment of transition and think about how we want to move forward in a positive and purposeful way, we end up having so much more power in the transition. And that part is what is so important because when we go through transitions, sometimes we can feel very powerless. We can feel like there's variables that we don't either know how to solve for or that we don't even know are on the horizon. So we can't even plan for them because we don't know that they're coming. And that happens a lot where you're like, you know, you step into a new role or you step into a new, some sort of shift in dynamic. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I didn't even know I was supposed to be planning for that. I didn't know that this would come with that. There's so many things that we can't plan for, but if we can be moving forward in a positive and purposeful way, then we can feel a sense of power even when variables and dynamics shift and we feel like this kind of wobbly, like, oh, wait, I didn't know that or I didn't plan for that or I didn't see that coming. And that part is so important in order for you to feel grounded, no matter how unsteady or unpredictable things really are. So we're going to talk about five different ways for you to close out 2023, if you're listening in a lifetime, in a positive and purposeful way, or to navigate any transition in a positive and purposeful way. And this is a conversation I get to have all the time. So I've had this conversation as I've led workshops with shameless moms over the years. I've had this conversation every year with my business coaching clients. We do an annual business planning session, which is actually, if you're listening in a live time, it's happening tonight. Some of you will be there, which I love. I'm so excited to see you. So I work with my business coaching clients in a business context with the steps. And then I've also done this in corporate where I take groups of people in corporate environments and we talk through transitions and we talk through how to like close out one year end and go into or a quarter and move into the next one in, again, positive, purposeful way so that we can really strategize in an intentional way. So the first thing that you want to do, the first step to close out your year in a positive and purposeful way is to reflect on your achievements and challenges. Sometimes when we are in the middle of a transition, we get caught up in the middle, right? Because the middle is typically really messy. (laughs) It's messy. It's overwhelming. It can be frustrating. It can be exciting. It can be nerve wracking. If we can reflect on achievements and challenges that have come before this moment of transition, oh my goodness, the gold that we can find and hold on to can be a game changer. So when I work with people going through these transitions, we always look back and look back really specifically on what are the things that you want to own from this last year or this last season that maybe you haven't fully taken the moment or the time to honor and own yet. And when I'm working with this on a year calendar with clients, I literally have them get out their calendar and look at their calendar at different things that happened over the course of the year in order to recognize, oh yeah, like I did that thing. I went to that place. I lived through that meeting. We did this transition. We had this big moment for our family. And we see things on our calendar. We often have this trigger moment of like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I will tell you, I have closed out so many years where I was like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a very good year. And in looking back at my calendar, I'm like, holy cow, so many things happened this year. I totally forgot that I did this or that or the other thing. The other thing that you can do is look back at photos. So scroll through your photo roll from the last year. And all of a sudden, all these memories pop up where you're like, wow, like even in the middle of maybe a hard year or challenging moments, look at all these really cool things that happened or these things where like we all had to come together or these things where there was like these super sweet little moments of magic. When we can do that, we can then recognize that no matter how chaotic and what kind of dumpster fire we might feel like we're ending on, 
that we have had these great moments in the middle of all of that. And that gives us a lot of power moving forward because we are able to acknowledge what we've gleaned from those experiences. It's also valuable to look at our challenges. And I'm not saying this part's fun. Like I've had to do a lot of looking back at challenges over the years and recognize like, okay, where was I not successful in ways that were sometimes heartbreaking? But what did I learn from that? And this has been really interesting in my business specifically, like looking at like, oh gosh, like this thing didn't go as well as I wanted it to. But then looking at the other information around that and realizing, oh, but when this wasn't going well, I can see according to this data, when I look at my books or I look at my calendar or whatever, that these other things were going really well. So maybe I want to focus more on those things moving forward. So looking at achievements and challenges can be really, really helpful in terms of acknowledging what we've gone through, being able to own some superpowers through that, some things that we've learned, some maybe like new characteristics that we either got to gain or sharpen or strengthen over through that time can be significant in terms of moving forward and how we're able to allow our identity to become stronger because of those things. The other part is being able to look at the challenges and also own and honor those and then decide like, what are the implications of those challenges? And looking at it from a neutral position, not like, oh my gosh, I remember when I sucked at that thing this year, but instead being like, okay, here's what I learned. Or here's what, like, here's the information I got out of that. Here's what I want to do with that. Here's how I want to move forward, which can be really, really helpful in terms of navigating things on a an emotionally healthy level versus sometimes an emotionally really critical level that we might have been experiencing when we were in the moment of that challenge. This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers. On an adventure through time, packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily. It's very digestible. And the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Utube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, 
IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. The second thing, the second way to close out your year in a positive and purposeful way is to celebrate your successes. Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. So when I had my gym, my biggest month of the year was always December because we had people prepay for annual memberships that would start in January. And I would then through that process have my biggest month of December and then be able to do buying books for the whole year and look at like what we did. And it wasn't just like money made, but it was like, how many members did we have? And how many challenges did we run? And how many lives did we touch? And what was the feedback on that? And like all these different metrics and qualitative and quantitative sets of data. And I always, after being coached to do this by a coach years ago, gave myself some reward or celebration that I would create for myself no matter what the outcome was. So what that looked like, I remember really specifically when Vinny was like one, one and a half, I was approaching this end of year season and my coach at the time I was saying, well, if I hit this and if I do that, then I get this. And I was like, I'm only going to like reward myself if I hit these certain goals. And she was like, well, could you just like celebrate closing out the year? Could you celebrate like if you only make it be success be defined by one metric? What is that saying about the rest of the year and all the other things? And so she made me make a commitment to have a planned celebration kind of no matter what the metrics were. And at that time, I was like, really metro. I was like, if this year, if I don't close it out with like this much revenue, then it's not a successful year. And she was like, no, (laughs) she's like, no, because then you're negating all these other successes that your business had this year if you don't hit that one marker. And so she was like, I want to know what, how you're going to reward yourself for a really successful year in business that came like any year would come with challenges and ups and downs and peaks and valleys and unexpected twists and turns and maybe not closing it out the way that you had hoped, but you still closed it out and you still did a lot of things. So I remember that first year that my reward was going on a trip to Key West with a friend of mine for five days. It was the first time I left Vinny. Maybe I'd left him for like one or two days before that, but he was like a year and a half. I left him for five days. I was terrified to leave him for five days. I think it was like four nights, five days, or maybe five nights. But anyway, it was a long way. I live in Seattle, went to the Florida Keys. I mean, couldn't have been like a further trip staying inside the US. And it was so much fun. So my friend Sarah, shout out to my friend Sarah, we did this trip together. She was down there on her own like internet or her own um, national road trip. She was doing this like drive all around the country. And I went and met her in Florida and we went down, we drove to Key West and it was such a fun experience. But it was also this huge learning moment that you plan to celebrate because making it through is the win. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that you can't also, like if I hit a certain metric, I will you know, celebrate that in a certain way in addition. But sometimes it's the making it through, like that's the marker. I have a good friend right now who's getting ready to do her very first business thing. She's gonna be participating in this event. The first time she's really representing herself as a business owner. And we were talking about it over the weekend. 
And we were talking about different things that she's getting set up. And of course, I'm loving every minute of this. Like, all I want to do is give her advice on how to be an entrepreneur <laughs> because I'm so excited for her and what she's doing is so, so incredible. And so she was talking about this event she has coming up. It's her first time really putting herself out there as a business owner and someone creating something really cool to share with the world. And I could tell she was like, oh, like if it goes this way or if it goes that way, like, I don't know. And what about this? And what about that? Like really normal, like just nerves before you go into like a really kind of vulnerable, exciting and nerve wracking first experience as someone who's showing up, sharing your gifts with the world in a new way. And I said, I hope that you realize that getting through this, just doing this, like that's the metric is doing the thing is the win. It's not like if you sell this many things or make this much money off of it or get like this kind of feedback or like it's none of it is about like the win the first time you do something shouldn't be about the metric. You can absolutely be excited about a metric and you can absolutely have goals around the metrics. But like the main win is that you did the thing. The first time I did a half marathon, it was just like doing the half marathon was the win. It wasn't like, well, I want to do my first half marathon and it needs to be done in this amount of time. <laughs> like it was just like doing the half marathon. Then, of course, the second time I did a half marathon, then I was like, okay, now I want it to be for a certain amount of time. Like now that I know what I can do, I have a place to kind of be grounded and then build from there. But sometimes it's just doing the thing is the accomplishment. That's the win. I mean, 2020, like that was for all of us. It was like living. So if you made it to December 31st, 2020, that was the win. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, did, how much money did you make? Or what did you do? Did, how many family vacations did you go on? It was like, you made it and you're alive in COVID. That's the win. Like you're still standing. That's the win. So celebrating successes without making them tied to metrics, recognizing that doing the thing or still standing after a hard moment that's the win and that deserves to be celebrated. And that part, that recognition and appreciation is really important because that keeps you going to the next big thing, whether you're looking at like another transition or, you know, biting off another year worth of survival, hopefully thriving as well, but like digging into a new year. So that's the second one is celebrating successes. Number three is strategic planning for the next year. So when I look at strategic planning, it's getting really clear on what are your goals? What are the themes around them. So if I'm working with business coaching clients, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at this in a certain way. If I'm working with people who are wanting to do like personal development work, we're looking at like, what are your core values that you want to really live in in the next year? Like, what are three core values? Sometimes it's picking a word for the year, a theme word for the year. So what do you want to build a plan around? One of the things that we've done for a long time in different communities that I've run within the Shameless Mom Academy is having a big three. So what are your big three for the year? And you can make them really broad. It can be like where you might have one professional goal, one personal goal, one family goal, and those are your big three. Or you might be like, this is the year that I want to do these three things for myself or three things toward a different you know, direction in my career. Or this is my year where I want to like do you know, three family-related goals. Or maybe it's just about you. And it's like, this is my year to take back me. And here's three things I want to do that are just for me. I want to, you know, I want to start knitting. I want to get back into regular exercise routine. And I want to go on like two, two weekend solo trips, something like that. So what's your strategic plan? What are your big three? Or what is however you want to frame your planning for the year? What does that look like? And then from there, what are the steps you need to take to do the thing? So when we have this broader goal, what does that look like in terms of 
simple and specific action. So if I say I want, you know, if this is my year, so for me, like one of the things for me for 2024 is going back to grad school. What is that going to look like? What are some specifics around that? I mean, one of my first steps on there is like filling out the FAFSA. (laughs) If any of you have filled out a FAFSA before, I've not done it as an adult. My mom did it for me when I was in undergrad. I'm really dreading it. So There's things like that. Like these are the things that need to get done. It's figuring out my course load. It's revamping my schedule a bit and looking at with my family, like how's my schedule going to shift and then what's the impact on the family. So you're one of your big three might be taking back your health. And maybe that means exercising two days a week. Maybe that means, you know, instead of eating out for lunch every day, you're going to bring something really specific. So that might mean instead of eating out every day, you're going to bring a healthy lunch for yourself every day. And maybe you're going to prepare that on the weekend, you know, every Sunday. Dr. Amy Porto, who we have had on the show a few months ago now, it was actually maybe even a year ago. I love following her on Instagram on the weekends because she always does this great share of like her meal prep for the week. And I get so many ideas for recipes. But for me, sometimes it's just like making a family menu for the week and recognizing like, oh, these are the things we're going to have. Like, that's a big step for me. I'm not someone who typically plans out our dinners every night. And I will tell you the relief that comes when I do that. Oh, such a game changer. So what's the broader strategic plan in terms of like bigger overarching themes or goals? And then what are the specific steps you're going to take to integrate those? If you're doing this on a yearly basis, you might look at, you know, if there's three things you want to do over the course of a whole year, how are you breaking that up into quarters? Like, here's what this is going to look like in Q1. We're going to do these steps. In Q2, we're going to add on these. In Q3, add on to that. Q4, add on to that to make sure that we get to where we want to be by the end of the year. Number four is communicating your vision. So how are you taking the things that you've learned from the past year and then looking at that strategic plan for the upcoming year and how are you communicating that to other people? The reason this communication piece is really important is first of all, accountability. Like the more you say things out loud, (laughs) the more people know about things around the people who are closest to you, the more they're going to be like, so how's that going? Did you do that thing? (laughs) Like, if you tell your, you know, your kids and your partner that in the new year, I'm going to start working out, you know, three days a week before school, before I go to the office, and then you don't do it at all, your whole family is going to be like, hold on, wait, what? Didn't you say you were, what about that exercise thing? (laughs) And so when we only tell ourselves something, it's pretty easy to let ourselves off the hook. We're like, "Mm, no one will know if I sleep in because no one knew I was thinking about getting up early to work out. So how can you communicate your vision so that you have that added accountability and so that you have the added support? So when you communicate that vision, you're not the only person carrying the weight of the vision or carrying out the plan. What that means in terms of family is other people being involved. And so as I look at how my schedule might look in the new year, it's what does dinner look like with me not making dinner? My husband was like, I'm totally supportive of you going back to grad school. He's like, I'll make dinner every night. And I suddenly was like, well, that's like a primary reason for me to go back to school now. And also, I could have asked for that a long time ago, and he would have absolutely said yes. But looking at things like that, or looking at, okay, if I'm gonna, you know, be gone once a month, first class stuff, like my family needs to know that. Also recognizing Vinny is at an age where he can do a lot of things that I just do for him. And if my time is going to be tied up in different ways, then he could totally start doing more than he does. So like he does certain parts of doing laundry, but he doesn't actually turn the machine on. And I'm like, you know, he probably could push some buttons. Like I think at 11, (laughs) he's very capable of pushing some buttons. Like he puts the stuff in the washer 
then I, for some reason, do the soap and the buttons. I don't know why. And then like he can move it to the dryer and he already folds it and puts it away. So there's things where I'm like, we're just doing it a certain way because that's what we've done in the past. But how can we look at, hey, like because I'm doing this now or because you're a certain age, because we're working on certain things as a family or as a family unit, these are the things that everyone's going to start to integrate as part of this shared vision for the year. Same thing in the workplace. So if you have certain goals at work or things that you're working on in the workplace, it's letting your boss know like, hey, just an FYI, I'm going to be, you know, it's my goal to move up this year. And so you're going to see me taking on some new things. I would love it if I had the opportunity to expand my role in XYZ, like letting them know and then letting that be part of shared vision. That's your vision, but also like shared accountability for you to have someone else kind of keeping you on the hook. And then number five, the fifth way for you to close out your year in a positive and purposeful way is to co-create a plan for a smooth transition. This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters. And they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So you obviously want to kind of create your own plan for a transition. 
in terms of moving from one thing to the next. But what does it look to co-create? What does it look like to co-create that? And what co-create can mean is really piggybacking on number four. So you communicate the vision to the other people who will be impacted, and then you co-create the plan for how you will all work together into this vision coming to life. So it's saying, I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. It's saying, here's where I, like my skills lie and here's where yours lie. It's saying, here's the things that we want to jointly make happen. It's also saying like, where do you want to see yourself in this? Or how do you want this to play out? So it's not just me making a decision and then unilaterally being like, here's the seven things I need for you to do to support this decision. It's really looking at, okay, here's what I'm going to do, or here's what I'm looking at doing. And I would love to know how you we can jointly make this work. And here's some areas where I could need help, where I might need help or saying like, where do you see that you have some extra bandwidth where you might be able to support this in different ways? Because when you say that, it's actually really interesting how people will step into that and be like, oh, I totally got you on this certain aspect. I mean, this came up with my husband in the grad school thing where he was like, I'll make dinner every night. I would have never thought to ask him that. I would, there would be other things. I might have said like, hey, like two nights a week, I might need to study late. And so like, can you own two nights a week for all of the kids stuff, which he would have totally said yes to. But I hadn't thought about like, wait, dinner every night? Like, oh my gosh. And then if he does that, that means I could actually like get schoolwork done probably from like four to six. And maybe I don't have to work, do schoolwork late at night. Like maybe it alleviates some of that. So I was when he said that, I was like, oh my gosh, that's not really what I was thinking, but this actually might be better than what I was thinking. So that co-creation can allow for another perspective that can, first of all, let everyone feel like they're standing in their strengths or you know, playing into the scenario in a way that feels good for them or where they are feeling prepared or eager to step up. And then there's also conversations for like, okay, and could maybe this also happen um, to expand upon that. But with that comes that communication and this process where you're like, okay, now we know what it's going to look like for all of us. And so co-creating that plan can be so helpful that you're not leaving certain things unspoken. And I am really guilty of this, of leaving things unspoken with this idea that like, well, I'll just do it. Like we didn't really talk about this piece of it. So I'll just do it. It's fine. And then when I'm actually quote unquote, just doing it, I'm like super annoyed. (laughs) And so where can you be co-creating a plan so that you don't have those things where you're stuck in those, I guess I'll just do it moments. But instead, you're working jointly so that the communication is open so that everything's really covered and that everyone feels good about it and that everybody knows what's going on. And that can, especially for those of us that are like high achievers and sometimes a little bit controlling and perfectionistic, we can kind of get over ourselves (laughs) and be like, okay, like, this is how everyone's participating and like get over your, this is the thing with the dishwasher. We started having Vinny unload the dishwasher and just recently at age 11 and we had held off because I thought, oh, there's going to be like all these things where he doesn't know where to put them and it's just going to be a headache. Well, that was like one time. The first time he unloaded the dishwasher, there was a handful of things that he didn't know where we put them. And then I told him or my husband told him, here's where we put those things. And then he remembered where we put those things. (laughs) In my mind, this was going to be like the six-month learning curve. It was a one-time thing. And I spent multiple years unloading the, and my husband too, like both of us unloading the dishwasher without considering that perhaps 
it would take one session for a child to learn like, oh, the spatulas go here and not there. <laughs> or like the Tupperware lids go in that drawer, not that drawer. It's so funny how we get in our own way with things like this. And then we realize it's real simple. And so not a big deal to let someone else take over or for someone else, like for us to co-own things. And so I want to invite you to assume that it can be very simple for other people to do things and to do them at a reasonable level. I think that we think, well, if they do it like they're going to fail. It's going to be horrible. If my kid puts their clothes away, it's going to be like a messy drawers. I was actually on a thread about this the other day in a parent, a local parent Facebook group. And they were, t- it was a thread about like kids doing their own laundry. And this parent asked, how old were your kids when they started doing their own laundry? And all these people were saying like, they started doing, you know, folding it and putting it away at this age, or they started like actually doing the whole thing at this age and whatever. So I'm reading through kind of to see to like, as everyone does, like judging myself, where do we fit into this equation? Like, are we on track with everyone else? And there was a couple women specifically, no men said this, by the way, who were like, well, I really want my child to do all parts of it, but I just can't get over like my kid folding their own clothes, or I just can't get over my kid not being able to like make clean, neat, organized piles in their drawers. And I had to laugh because I was like, I get it. Like, I really like cute, organized, clear piles in a drawer because that's how my drawers look. But I've had to get over that. Like Vinny does not organize his t-shirts in the same stacks I would. Like I'm very much like, okay, like the cotton t-shirts should go here. And like the performance athletic dry fit t-shirts should go like in this pile. And then the school shirts should go in this pile. Like there should be like these designations. And he's just like, if it gets in the drawer, it's a win. And so I've had to be okay with that and recognize, oh, you know what? The world didn't end. Nobody cares. First of all, no one's looking in his drawers except for him. And nobody cares if his shirts are wrinkled ever. And nobody cares if they're organized by like shirt type (laughs) into certain piles of shirt types in his drawer. So where are we getting in our own way around things that are like really insignificant that we could be passing off to other people in order to be more focused on the strategy and the vision that we really want to bring to life? So those are your five steps, five ways to close out your year in a positive and purposeful way. When you go through these, when you reflect on your achievements and your challenges, when you celebrate successes, when you build your strategic plan for the new year, when you communicate the vision with those closest to you, and when you co-create that plan for smooth transition, then you are in a position, kind of regardless of what went sideways in the last year, that no matter what happened, you can frame things in a positive and purposeful way, intentionally moving into the new year knowing the direction that you're going, knowing that you've been able to own and honor the good and the bad from last year and take all of that with you rather than just like rolling your eyes and being annoyed that it was a hard year again, because it was a hard year again for most of us. (laughs) And then we can be really intentional moving into the new year. Like, here's why I'm starting with a clean slate. And it all might fall apart again. Who knows? But you get to start with an intention. And you also, if you can own and honor how you navigated all the challenges of the last year, That's all resilience that will continue to be present in you as the new year shifts and pivots and becomes unpredictable and uncertain as the world continues to be all of those things, right? And as it always will be. So I hope this was helpful. Share this episode with your mama friends. Please, please, please make sure that you're following the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. A lot of the algorithms have changed recently in terms of downloads, and it's made it harder and harder for shows to get to maintain their rankings. And as shows like mine drop in rankings, it's really, really complicated in terms of keeping our rankings, 
getting exposure to bring new people into the show and get new listeners and then also getting really great advertisers. So I want all of that to keep happening because we all win when all that happens. So please download the show, subscribe to the show, follow the show, do all the things wherever you listen, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or CastBox. Those are kind of our three primary buckets. Make sure that you're doing those things. Thank you for being here. And as we get close to the end of this year, just remember that I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.